on Passover, we have a Seder. And the highlight of the Seder is the drinking of the four cups of wine. Why do we drink four cups of wine at the Seder? There are many reasons that are given, but tonight I want to share with you two mystical reasons of why we drink four cups of wine. We find in the Sefer Gavuris from the Medal of Prague, he writes that the four cups of wine are representation of the merit of the four mothers. Now, why do the four cups of wine connect with the four mothers? So he brings a proof from the book of Tehillim, the book of Psalms. It says over there, Eshtacha kegefen pediya, which means your wife shall be like a fruitful vine. Now, why is it that the women of Israel are connected to the vine? So the Maral brings down from a medrash, medrash tan chumba. And there it says that the vine is a unique tree. And that is you cannot graft another tree to the vine. Most other trees you can mix with other trees. And therefore, another species will become together with that species. However, when it comes to the vine, you cannot graft another species into the vine. And therefore, says the Maral, that the vine represents the concept of modesty. How the women of Israel are modest, and they do not allow others to enter into them. And this we find profoundly by the four mothers of Israel, by Sarah and Rivka and Rachel Valeah, how they were holy people and they were faithful people and they were committed to their husbands and to their marriages. And they were modest, they were tsanua. And therefore he says that the four cups of wine that come from the vine allude to the four mothers of Israel. So that's one approach. And then we find another approach which is brought down in Priyetz Chaim from the writings of the Arizal, Rabbi Isaac Luria, the 16th century Kabbalist. And he says that the four cups of wine represent the four children sitting at the Seder, which is the Chacham, the wise child, the Rasha, the wicked child, the Tam, the simple child, and She'en De'elishel, the child I cannot ask. So, there's another teaching that says that whenever we find more than one teaching or one verse, each teaching has to complement the other. And therefore, I would like to connect and attempt to complement each of these approaches with the other. In other words, to connect how each cup is connected with the four mothers and also with the four children. So we start with the first cup of wine. Kaddish. When the father comes home from shul, he right away makes kiddish so the children should not fall asleep and they can recite the manishtan. So Kaddish is the first cup of wine in the Agadah. So if it's the first cup of wine, Kaddish therefore alludes to the first of the four mothers, which is Sarah. Now, how come Sarah 
is connected with Kaddish? And the answer is very simple, because we find that it says that Abraham and Sarah would go out into the world and teach the world about monotheism. As it says, that Abraham converted the men and Sarah converted the women. And they brought them under the wings of God. Because in that time, many people were serving idols. And therefore, Abraham and Sarah proved to the world and taught the world and educated the world with one God. And this is the idea of Kadesh. Kadesh has two interpretations. Kadesh, number one, means holy. They brought holiness to the world. They brought the holiness of God to the world. Kadesh also means to separate. The word holiness means that you separate the holy from the profane. So what Sarah did was she separated those that were serving idols from the idols. And she made them holy. She elevated them and brought them closer to God. And the Rambam writes that what is the meaning to love God? To love God means that not only do you love God yourself, because if you love God yourself and you don't share it with others, then you don't truly love God. To truly love God means that you have to be so excited about this love that you tell the whole world how crazy and passionate you are about God. And this was Avram and Sarah. They didn't only love God a little bit. They loved God a lot. And they loved Him so much that they were able to transform their generation into a generation that truly loved God as well. And that is the connection with the Ben Chacham. The first son, which is the first cup of wine. What is the reason that the Chacham sits next to the Rasha? So we have the wise child and the wicked child. The question is, if we have four children, and you have a wise child, and you have a wicked child, and a simple child, and one that cannot ask, so you first put the wise child next to you, and then you put the one that's simple, and then you put the one that cannot ask, and then the wicked son you don't want to talk to, him you put at the end of the table. Why do we put the wicked son right near the wise son? And this question is also a query based on Kabbalah, because the four sons allude to the four worlds. The Chacham alludes to the first world, and the Russia, the wicked one, alludes to the fourth world, the world of Asiya, the world of action. The Chacham alludes to the world of Atsilus, the world of emanation. So why are these two worlds together? So the Rebbe explains that the reason why the Russia is put next to the Chacham is because the job of the Chacham is to teach the Russia. The Russia might be wicked, but he's not dumb. He's not stupid. And on the contrary, he needs inspiration. He has questions, and we need to answer those questions. So the Chacham sits right near the Russia. So this is Kaddish. The first cup of wine is to make the world holy. And this was by Sarah. And this is the job of the Chacham, who is the first child. But I believe that we can say that the Chacham here also alludes to Yitzchak, who is the son of Sarah. Because Sarah, being the mother of Yitzchak, educated her child to be like her. And just like she was Kadesh, she brought holiness to the world, 
She brought Yitzchak to the level of holiness that Yitzchak was willing to die for the sake of God. And that is the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, to sanctify the name of God, that you're willing to die for God. So who is the Chacham here? The Chacham is Yitzchak, who is the child of Sarah. And this is the first cup of wine, and that's the way we begin to say there with that inspiration of becoming holy and severing our relationship with unholiness. We then move on to the second cup of wine. And as we said earlier, based on the Priyetz Chaim of the Ariya Kaddish, Rabbi Isaac Luria, this alludes to the second child who is the, the Russia. And the question is, why do we give the Russia, the second child, such a big platform? Why do we give him such exposure? The largest cup from all the four cups is the second cup. The first cup we pour and quickly we make Yiddish. The third cup we pour and then we make the grace after meals. The fourth cup we sing songs. But the whole story of Egypt, the part that all the children are up for, is really the second cup. So the question comes to mind, why do we give the Russia such honor that we give him the second cup which talks about all the details of Egypt. Another question is, why do we tell the Russia? The Russia says, what is this service to you? And because he says to you, he takes himself out of the fold, why do we tell him, if you would have been there, Elu Hayasham, if you would have been there in Egypt, you never would have been redeemed. Now, what are we telling the Russia? This is the child who is the wicked child. And in truth, this child also alludes to the fifth child, as the Rebbe says. That's the child who does not want to be involved with Yiddishkeit, with Torah. He has no desire for mitzvahs. And that is alluded to in that Gadda here, in the wording and the liturgy of the second cup, Metchila, in the beginning, our forefathers served idols. So his forefather is an idolater. This is the fifth child. So these two children are now sitting at the table, which also alludes to the second cup of wine, alluding to the fact that there are two children here, not one. There's the Russia, who is interested but has a lot of questions. And then there is the one that has no connection with it at all, simply coming because someone invited him for a free meal. So he comes to the free meal, and now he hears what's going on. And we tell the Russia, the wicked child, mm-hmm. you should know, if you would have been there, you never would have been redeemed. It's basically, basically like telling him, fly a kite. Like, get, get out of here, you don't belong here. Now, what kind of words are these? That's the way you inspire him to get more involved into Judaism and to to love and embrace the religion. So the Rebbe says a very innovative thought. And the Rebbe says like this, and I paraphrase. The, The Russia is trying to get his parents angry at him. He's looking for an excuse to leave the table. And therefore we play reverse psychology. And we say, you know what, no matter what you're going to do, you're not going to get me upset. No matter what you're going to do, I still love you. You know why? Because this action 
of making such crazy statements would have only worked if you were in Egypt. Over there, it says those that were wicked did not come out. But once the Torah was given, and God tells every single Jew, I am God your Lord, in the singular, not in the plural, God becomes one with you. And no matter how much you try to leave God, the echad, the oneness of God, will always be in your heart, will always be in your mind. And therefore, by telling the Rasha, we love you, and that there's still the oneness of God in you, and that we know that one day that echad will come out alive, that gives the Rasha hope, and this encourages him to get more involved with his religion and with his people. And this message is also delivered to the one who says, my forefathers were idolaters. We tell him, you too have the echad, you too have that oneness of God. And that same echad that the chacham has, that the tzaddik has, that the holy person has, you should know that echad is in you also. And that's why we put you right near the chacham. To tell the Russia, don't think it's so difficult to become a chacham. Don't think it's so difficult to become a tzaddik. One action. One good deed, one good thought can transform your entire essence from the state of being a wicked person to the state of being a righteous person. And this second cup is under the cup of Magid. We now tell the Haggadah. And that is the Torah teaches us how we are to deal with children that are problematic. We don't send them away. We don't throw them out of the class. We don't cut them off. Magi, we talk to them. And we talk to them more and more and more. And if we didn't accomplish what we had to accomplish the first time, so we try the second time. The entire Haggadah, which takes a long time to discuss, is all focused on the Russia, Because you have to talk to him. My grandfather, Rabbi Jacob Jehech, the blessed memory, was very involved in anti-Shmad, in helping Jews that were involved, God forbid, with J for J, Jews for Jesus. And he was also involved with um, Jews that wanted to intermarry. And he would talk to them. And he would convince them the importance of their religion and the heritage that they have. And he once asked the Rebbe, why do I tell these people? And the Rebbe said to him, you will talk to them for two hours and 59 minutes. And the last moment, one word will truly emanate from your heart and will enter into their heart, then you will accomplish what you have to accomplish. And this is what the, the, the Haggadah is telling us tonight, when the whole Seder is based around the children, that when it comes to a child who you think in your estimation is a Russia, don't write him off. Continue talking to him and inspiring him and listen to his questions and answer his questions. And if you do this with love, and you do this with affection, and you do this with sincerity, then eventually one word will come out of your heart, and that echad will go into the rasha, will go into the, to the child who you think is the rasha, and you will see that truly he is a chacham. He is wise, and he is brilliant, and he is a tzaddik. And this cup is the second cup because it represents the second of the matriarchs, which is Rivka. Who was Rivka? Rivka was the mother of not only Jacob, 
Padrivka was also the mother of the, of the infamous Esav, who was a Russia. Now, the fact that the, the Haggadah connects Rivka to Magid, to tell the story, implies that Rivka is telling us her story. And she tells the Jewish people, and she tells the world, don't think for one moment that I gave up on my son Esav. I know he was wild. I know he did terrible things. And I know that I told my son Yaakov to take the blessings from Yitzchak. Because only through Yaakov, through Torah, do we have the ability to transform the Esav. But I, as a mother, never gave up my responsibility. I always taught him and always inspired him. I always showed him love and kindness. And you know something? I am still doing this today. 3,500 years later, after my child Esav was born, at the Seder, I declared to the whole world, don't give up on your children. Continue to talk to them. Continue to inspire them. And one day you're going to see how the Echad Rasha, that this child that you think is the Rasha, will become the Echad Chacham, who will truly be a leader and an inspiration to all of us. And that is what we are told, that when Mashiach will come, one of the great phenomena that he's going to do is, It says that they will go on to Mount Esav. And then, Then God will become king. Why is it so important that we go on to Mount Esav and then God will become king? Because Torah is telling us that not one Russia, not one person will be lost. Even Esav will come back. Esav will be transformed. And therefore, if we truly believe in the coming of Mashiach, then we have to believe that even a child who perhaps is wayward, even a child who perhaps thinks his father is an idolater, even that child can come back to the Seder, and even that child can find redemption.